I wish to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on country. I pay my respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, past, present and emerging. I acknowledge all Indigenous customs, traditions and cultures across the globe. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Rising With podcast. I am your host, Tess Watson. I am a soulful mentor to mums, creators and women in business. I support and guide women to clarity, sensuality, authenticity and transformation. Thank you for being here as I share everything from co-parenting, spirituality and business lessons. My guests and I will be providing you with the totally doable tips and tricks to truly step into your ultimate desires for a successful, connected and abundant life. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Nicole, to the Rising With podcast. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Tess. I was thinking this morning how we connected with each other. And I remember you were a part of my first group offering, Rising With Connection, weren't you? Yes. Yes, actually, I was. Yeah. yeah. So that was yeah. my first thing I ever did for Rising With. So thank you for being a support oh, way wow. back then. I really, really enjoyed that. And I think that I got connected with you through the amazing Tash that was meant to be. Yes. And we've yes. still managed to stay connected. I think it would be over a year now. Yeah. Yes. I guess we've both come a long way since then, but I want to ask you, how about you give us a rundown about yourself presently, about your life, about any study that you're doing, your family, and then we might go back from there. Yeah, Perfect. So currently I am living in Tasmania, Australia. I live on 93 acres of conservation land, which is, I think it's 88 acres which have a conservation on it, which means that we are here to protect the land. We cannot modify it. We are checking that no weeds or any endangered species drop up, um, which we do actually have a few endangered plants and trees on the land, which it's our obligation to look after them. We have tracks through the land. We have old Aboriginal sites on the land. So it's a very, very special spot that we're looking after. It's powerful to live there. Wow. It's amazing. I don't know if you're familiar, you've probably seen on my Instagram, but we have the amazing hazards in the background, which is a completely sacred spot as well in Freshnay National Park, which is a beautiful, incredible national park in Tasmania. So feeling very, very grateful and lucky for where we are at the moment. We are hoping to make our home completely sustainable living off the land. So we're about to start a huge permaculture project, which is going to take a few years where we're doing a 20-metre veggie garden and hoping that we can get eventually 70% of our food from our home. That is amazing. How did you come about to moving? So where did you move from and how did you find this place? 
Yes. So we, uh, it's a really whirlwind story because I lived on the sunny central coast in New South Wales for 33 years. And we, me and my husband between us owned four different businesses. We were, you could say, pretty crazy. Like we work was our life. And I think we got to a point which you would be familiar with. I struggled to fall pregnant for four years. And that really became the catalyst to a complete shift in both our lives. We realized what was truly important to us. And this, I guess I'll call it a movement, but the simple living movement where it just seemed so aligned with everything we were doing, getting back to basics and looking at what we were putting on our body, on the outside of our body as well, just seemed so, so important to us that we felt this pull to completely shift everything around us. We had a really good life back on the Central Coast, but we just felt this pull to this pull to start looking really at the way that we were living our footprints. So we started by making our whole garden back where we lived edible. And from there, we just loved it so much that we wanted to look to move somewhere. Tasmania was always in the back of our head. My husband is from the UK and he just absolutely loves the cooler climate. Yes. So he always had this in our mind and with everything that happened in the world at the beginning of last year, it was right when we were selling our house and we had no real intention to purchase something straight away. We actually were looking to go overseas for approximately two years, lease families over there, but that obviously just couldn't happen anymore. So we really just felt like it was time to start looking. We found this property online and fell in love with it straight away, didn't get to look at it and decided to just go, all right, so let's get it. If we don't like it, then we can always do something down the track. It felt right, though, the instant that we saw it and everything, the conservation people were selling it and a portion of it goes to their charity and then buying new things. Everything just felt really right. We knew when we got here it was going to be fine. And that's, yeah, we... It took us five applications to get over to Tassie, but as soon as we arrived, so much goodness has happened since then in our life. I can't believe the shift of going from such a fast-paced life to completely slow and just being able to every single day walk out, connect with nature, see something new, see a new bird. It's incredible. Wow. That's amazing. What was life before Tassie? So before Tassie, my husband's an accredited exercise physiologist. So he predominantly deals with people that in have chronic conditions and are in chronic pain. So that type of work is, as you can imagine, is full on. Like when he was seeing patient after patient, he has hour-long consultations with them. It is very, very draining. Like it is really, really hard work. He has done that for over 15 years, and it really he was at a point that he was ready for something new. And I had owned a cafe, a deli and a catering business. So my week was seven days a week. It was predominantly weekends. The cafe would open at 5.30 in the morning. It would close at around three. And then there was still ordering if I was doing a wedding or a catering gig. It was super, super fast. And we were those people that were like, oh, when I did get pregnant, 
oh, like I'll go back to work after six weeks. I'll be back into it and it'll all be fine. We'll have this baby that will just go with the flow. (laughs) (laughs) And the minute we held him, we were like, no, that's not going to be the case anymore. Yeah. Life. So that was. has changed as well. Life has completely changed. We will not be going back to work after six weeks. That was, I guess, we had already been having discussions, made our home edible and that, but that really was Otis coming into our life. That was like, okay, now is the time. He is young. What kind of life do we want for our child? It really, yeah, shifted a lot of things in us. And I just didn't have that desire to be working that much anymore. And in the beginning, I absolutely loved it. It was creative outlet because I did weddings and the, the cafe food was really amazing, but it wasn't rewarding to me anymore. So I really felt like it was time to, to move on, let go and find my next thing. What are you in human design? Projector. Ah, right. <laughs> So you may have had a little bit of burnout doing all of those, all the things. All the things. And yeah, it was obviously back then I had no idea about human design, but yeah, it's been interesting learning about it, how I have almost been pushing against my human design and what was telling me. I recently just had a reading and she was telling me that I'm one of those people that just pushes against everything that my body was telling me. I've definitely leaned into it more now. The structure of my day is definitely in a way that really nourishes me. And I guess your life as a whole is more in alignment with being a projector. Yes, definitely. Do you know what the others in your family are, what your husband and son are? Yep. So my husband's a generator and Otis is a manifesting generator. Wow. What a mix. I know. <laughs> so you're all, <laughs> we're all, all different like, levels. <laughs> yes. Can you tell me, us, a little bit about your childhood and where you grew up? And do you think the way that you were living life previously before Tassie or the way you're living life in Tassie is reflective of your childhood? Yes and no. My parents are both extremely hard workers and where we grew up on the Central Coast, familiar with it, everywhere you're 15 minutes or so from the beach, you are surrounded by beautiful nature, not to the extent I'm in now. I had a really fulfilling, rewarding childhood. My parents were really hardworking. My dad is a special ops in the paramedics. He had a completely full-on job, which I guess shaped a lot of our childhood for me and my sister because it was very much being around me, my mum and my sister being around nurturing my dad in the sense of how he would come home, what kind of mood and energy he was bringing into the house. So now as I've gotten older and been able to reflect back on that, I can see how that impacted a lot of my growing up. Not so much in a negative way, but it did have like a big impact on the way that we led our life daily. I have a sister and she is four years younger. Me and her are really, really quite close. We've gotten along all the way along. We're complete polar opposites, but (laughs) we've always gotten along really well. My mom is an incredible, beautiful woman and she's been such a hard worker as well. She's always worked down in the city in a high corporate job. So she traveled down there for work. So 
the work side of things was always set into us from young. They always wanted us to be achieving something like they had kind of uni on the eyes when we were younger. My sister went to uni and I didn't, but they always wanted us to to be pushing. My part of that as they've gotten older and realised is that I was really kind of pushing against that because it didn't feel good and aligned with me. And a few of the choices I probably made was to please them. Yeah. But I think in the sense of how I'm living now is very different to how I grew up. Even when my family visited at Christmas time, it doesn't necessarily align with them, but they also really appreciate and respect this journey that Leah and I are on. It won't be something that they could do. And I know that it isn't for everyone, but it's definitely, I think my mom has definitely shaped the family values that I hold with me and what I want for my family. Lee comes from a really good family as well. My mom's a beautiful cook. So those things I definitely feel like I hold in me. That's beautiful. Can we talk Let's see if I can say it correctly. <laughs> feng Shui. Yay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Can you explain to us what, how you were connected to Feng Shui? I came to learn about Feng Shui about three years ago and it was part of my fertility journey because obviously I started looking at all the different things that you can do naturally that really were going to support my life and me getting pregnant. Feng Shui is one of the seven elements of Chinese medicine. A lot of people don't realize that. So it really makes up a core part of Chinese medicine because your house is connected to your body, connected to nature. That's really the concept of Feng Shui. And when I started learning and looking into it, it made complete sense to me that we are in our home 80% of the time the energy around our home just it made sense that it was completely connected to us had an impact on our health and the way that we lead our life when i started looking to, into it i ended up emailing the college in victoria they're the only accredited one in australia you can become a feng shui practitioner through many different avenues i really aligned with the one in victoria because They do building biology, mold assessment and things like that as well, which you know is part of my other business and just all felt like it really aligned to me. So yeah, I just signed up to the course and I'm going to do it. Didn't know where it would take me. I knew now I know that I'm probably not going to do face assessments, but teaching people online is an incredible way to teach people. So yeah, it really is about the energy in our home and how every single direction of our home, everything we place down in our home is means something has an impact on us. And the really simple way to look at it is if something in your home doesn't feel good and doesn't light you up, then it generally is probably not needed to be there. I'm really about minimalizing and neutral colors. I think those type of things bring anyone the most happiness anyway. So incorporating, I've tried to incorporate that into the way that I teach Feng Shui and how it really is connected to simple living, low waste, growing organically, connecting to yourself, meditation, all these things that incredibly important aspects of us as a person. And it's just aligns so beautifully with the path that you're on. Yes. Love it. 
How can people connect with you to learn more about feng shui? Through my Instagram, that's where I get most people connect with me, which is the Simple Gourmet Mama. If people have questions about feng shui, they can send it through there. Or because where I am remotely, I usually do it from a house plan, which is really nice, like a floor plan. We look at it in that way and like through videos, which is really beautiful that we can actually do that. But it's also about a deep conversation about how they are feeling in each room of their house and coming up with ways to really help them if they're having problems in their career, in their relationship, with their body, if there's an illness, all these things that we can try and find solutions to. Wow. That's amazing that it can be a modality to help those things. Yeah. Sure. There'd be so many people out there that wouldn't even realize to reach out for that sort of support, probably trying the supplements and the natural. I think a lot of people are aware of simple living now and the effects of toxicity and all the other gremlins out there, but the way that we can set up our environment within our home I don't think everyone understands how powerful that can be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The three main things that we look at, which can be really simple things for people to do in their home is what we call clutter, but that can be clutter as in dirt. So dirt around the home, things that are not clean, whether it be like on dirty windows, windows we can't really see out out of or that are dusty that can really impact our life and how we feel in that room. But then also clutter as in physical clutter, things that are under beds that are not, we haven't used or looked at for years, things in cupboards that are just taking up space, things around our home that might have been a gift or given to us that we feel obliged to hold on Mm -hmm. to. Then clutter as in what happened before you arrived in that house. So was there a big event that potentially happened on the land? This can lead back many, many, many years. Finding out about as much information about that house and then we can implement things to try and move that energy on or try and put that energy into a certain room. There's different things we can do. Clutter is a really important aspect of feng shui that are really easy things that people can implement. Mm. We can clean our windows we can get rid of um, some things and donate them. So that's some some good things. Yeah, totally doable. That's interesting what you say about like the dirt around your home because I'm in a rental at the moment that doesn't really have established yard and I always feel quite, I guess, unsettled in the space because it's almost like I know that (laughs) there's no structure or flow or something happening outside the building. Mm. Definitely. And it can be to do with our neighbours if they have something going on and they have a front door that's facing us, the energy can come into our room. If we're in an apartment, it can be quite difficult because we're taking on the energy of other people. It's not all negative, but we can, there is all these things really impact our life. We know from just being around someone face to face, we can feel their energy anyway. So when we're in that living environment, we just have all this pressure of energy coming from all the homes around us. It really can impact the way that we live. Yeah. I'm just thinking when I was in Adelaide recently and staying in a hotel and I hadn't really been to Adelaide for a while, like to a city or 
when I did go, I would stay at a friend's house and I would feel quite okay. But being up above the city and having all, you sort of know everyone, there's people around you and you can sense yeah. the energy coming up and in. I found that I was really quite antsy. I wasn't nervous about anything. I wasn't anxious about anything. It was purely the energy of other people. Yeah, you could feel it around you and you knew it was impacting you. And yeah, it's almost like once you are super aware of energy, which I know you are, it's almost like a heat coming towards your body and you need to, your body is telling you just to get out of that situation. Yeah. How can we use it? I know a lot of people who would be listening to this and who follow you as well would be working from home, obviously with our current climate, with things that are happening in the world. A lot of us have to or have chosen to even find different careers to work from home. So how can we set up a space for more creation, more creativity, productivity? Is there any simple things that we can do just the space? Set the space. Yes, definitely. There's like this, so many people working at home at the moment, really finding your place in the home and if that needs to be away from an area that brings other types of energy so for example like a kid's room a place where it's all about relaxation so that might be a nook that you have in like a lounge room really looking at a space that is not going to bring on the energies of those type of things so obviously one of those is more of a relaxation type of energy the other one is like fun excitement with kids so if you can finding a room that is away from all of that having your desk in a space that you can either see out of a window really really clearly so almost like a 360 to see I'm a three uh, 180 sorry <laughs> to see around in front of you or having your back up supported against a wall where you can see out the door And the reason being is that you want, firstly, that really good positive energy flowing into the room. But secondly, visually, when we are in a space where we're looking up and, for example, I can see outside where I am at the moment, it's going to be create a positive, creative energy into the room. Having a desk that is wood instead of something that might be laminated or plastics on it is really wood is vitality, creativity and support. If you can have either a wood chair or a wood desk, it's really going to support you with your work that you're doing. Looking at the light in the room, so making sure that it's a room where you're not squinting, that the direct sunlight is coming in, you're not feeling too hot, the airflow is really good that you're not having where you're putting your feet on the ground. It hasn't got cords from the computer touching it. It doesn't have a pile of rubbish or books next to you. That it's, Your space is really a reflection of how you want your mind to be, so super clear with things not piled up in front of you so you can really be in your best spot to get the creative juices going. I love that. You want your space to be what you want your mind to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Your Instagram is like Instagram goals. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. And your resources. You have a great flow of branding, I guess. But you see something pop up and what's yours? By the way, it looks the colors, the graphics. How do you add in scheduling or however you do it? 
social media time for your businesses. Can you tell us your businesses, by the way? Yes. My core business, well, I do punch away from my main business. My core business is that I'm a doTERRA leader, which if you're not familiar with doTERRA, they do beautiful essential oils. Through that avenue, I'm able to teach mainly women about reducing toxins in their home and how they can really make all their own products, use essential oils to support them physically, emotionally through their home with the work that they're doing, but really inspiring women to reduce that toxic load that can have such a detrimental impact to us. So that's what my main business is. Mm -hmm. When it comes to my creating a post and the way that I kind of flow is it does come back to what we spoke about at the start being a projector. This has taken me quite a while to kind of understand. My rest as a projector is really me being creative. So it's not necessarily me going and having like a nap or anything like that. It's about me doing something that nourishes my mind in a way that lights me up. And for me, that's being creative and creating often my graphics and things for my workshop and my work. I'm all about if I have like a creative um, spurge like every few days or might be once a day is making sure that I jot down everything that comes to my mind first of all really planning out visually how I I want my page to look. I know visualization is such a big fit thing for people when they first come, especially to Instagram, come mm. to your page and see you. They're going to make up within that kind of first few seconds if you are for them, mm-hmm. if they align with what you're doing. I'm all about kind of thinking about 14 posts ahead. And that sounds like a really weird number, but I like to brainstorm what kind of is coming up for me. Things obviously change and I alter things, but really just seeing what is coming up for me, the flow of that next grid, what I want to present to people, what I'm feeling really passionate about at the moment, not posting just for the sake of it. Mm -hmm. You will find if you follow me, I will have days where I will post every day and then I will just go quite five days or six days because I am like, okay, I need to just reshift and look at what I'm doing. I'm not sure. Is that helpful? I don't know. That's super helpful. With your lifestyle now, how does your work week look for you with Otis and with your husband? How do you plan perhaps is every week a bit different? is a bit different. I'm super lucky now that I have Lee at home and we, he still has his business in New South Wales. He works from home as well. What I tend to do with social media, that side of my business, I guess I have meetings with my leaders and I'm writing things out. I have talks with people like yourself, but when it comes to like my social media and stories, my, I usually have an hour and a half to two hours in the day where I like to really nut things out. And that's enough time for me, again, as like a projector to do a lot of stuff. And I will pre-record things, my work, if I am doing like a DIY or something, it's kind of in the moment. So if I'm doing it, I'll grab my phone and do that. I really like to have things recorded and done. So then if there is a day that I'm feeling like I don't want to show up, 
or yeah. I'm feeling more like introverted. I can post something without having to put my face in there. I love that. I like when I interviewed my friend Louie in the previous episode to this, it sparks so much for myself. So in a way, these interviews are quite selfish because they, they help me a lot. I really love that idea of using your energy when you have it to get yeah. that creative stuff out, to get that content, because quite often I have ebbs and flows so mm-hmm. much, especially recently I've had some big events happen in my life and I just feel like I can't put my face on the camera. So yeah. I love that idea. Yeah, people will say to me, you show up every day and it unfortunately mean like Instagram is a massive illusion. Yes, it's my true self and it's my life and it's 100% what I'm doing every single day, but it might not be that specific moment of time. The content still is of complete value, but it may have been recorded a month ago. It might have been recorded a few days ago. And I think that's really, really important for people that do have online businesses businesses. It's taken me a long time to get to that point to realize that I don't need to be running around making videos every day. Firstly, it's not healthy, but secondly, it doesn't appeal to me. That's one thing I found to be really helpful and nourishing in having an Instagram business. Yeah. Having a bit of a stockpile that you can call upon. How do you feel or do you reuse some of your content? One of my goals this year was to reuse content, reuse posts that because people put a lot of effort into posts and after that first initial maybe 20, would you say like 20 posts, you don't really go back that much further on someone's page unless you're in love with them and you really want to see everything they've done. So I have so many good posts further down and this year I am reusing them. That has been so good because it's a reminder that I maybe a post didn't do that well. And this is the thing with Instagram as well. And I say it to the girls in my team, it could have been that moment in time. It does not mean that your post wasn't worthy of um, being there, but it's Instagram can be a hard gig and it mightn't have been that time. So changing the image or putting it a different time of day, it's just completely changes who might see it and who interacts. Someone might have seen it the first time and not really, hasn't really lodged in their mind and they see it the second or even a third time, they might mm-hmm. see it on the grid and then see it on stories or something. It sinks in that little bit more. Yeah. For me, I like to use it, like I pull so much content from my posts with for my teachings because yeah. it's your thoughts, it's your words, it's your way of thinking. It's like almost like a digital diary that you can sort of filter back through and think, oh, yeah, I can use that. I can reuse that. I can help someone with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that. I'm all for the reusing and even going back to a post and something might have changed slightly and rewording it in a little way to suit you in this moment. I think it's amazing. What is your vision for the future? What's next for you? Next for us is definitely the permaculture, mm-hmm. doing that on our land. And that is going to be a big, big project. We've already just started making our soil. Where we are, our soil is super sandy. So that's going to take up a big, big aspect that will slot into our life probably 
I see it as kind of slower mornings, really having to be out there every single day. In my business, I have big goals of what I want to do, but I also like that my business at the moment slots into just slots into my life and there's not pressure around it mm-hmm. to meet anyone else's expectations. And they I can show up some days, I can show up when I want. I really, really love that about having my own business, but especially one that's online as well. I would really like to have things that I can teach more people about, not just reducing toxins, but about simple living, how we can live off the land and how we really can get back to connecting to nature, connecting to ourself on such a deeper level that we often can feel, a lot of people feel uncomfortable about that and you would completely know and resonate with this. (laughs) It's so foreign to people for them being able to, to realize that the impact we can have on the world around us and the day we're living are in the tiny actions that we do for ourselves and the way that we live each day. We don't have to look at the bigger scale. That's huge. We can just do small things like planting a herb garden, getting our herbs from our own garden. Not only do they taste more amazing, but they're also then not coming in plastic. All these things that just have a massive impact. Yeah. So not getting too overwhelmed by the bigger picture and what's happening around the whole world, bring it back down into us and you can provide that support for people. Can you tell us again where we can find you on Instagram and Facebook? Yes. Instagram, it is the Simple Gourmet Mama. And on Facebook, it's creating a toxin-free home. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time and your energy for being here and for your support when you first started with The Rising With. So thank you so much, Nicole. Loved it, Tess. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Rising With podcast. I so, so, so love and feel you there. It's amazing. If you feeling any connection to anything that I've said I would so love for you to reach out on my Instagram page rising.with or on my website risingwith.com you can find all my offerings there and we can connect I love chatting to my community you'll also find a link through there to my private Facebook group which is for women only and every week I share a free oracle reading and One of our members, a few of our members, love, love, love this time of week and say it's their favourite time of week. So I would so love to have you over there as well. Even more so, I would be truly grateful if you could, whatever platform you're listening to this on, whether it's you like it or share this or subscribe or download, it would mean so, so much to me to get my voice out there Ah. so thank you in advance for reviewing leaving some stars a comment sharing this with a loved one maybe it will provide them with a little guidance and support and that's that's my goal impacting beautiful beautiful people beautiful souls thanks so much catch you next time